Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides for Thursday, April 28th, as the Flyers go down against Winnipeg. Final road game of the season. As the Flyers get shut out 4 to nothing in Winnipeg, it was the seventh time this season that they were shut out. Seven times. If there's an 82-game schedule, we're through 81. That's almost, it's probably about, what, 8.5% of the games they've played this year, they've been shut out. It's more distressing because scoring in the NHL is so up this season, but they've been shut out seven times. They've only shut out one opponent. That was back on November 2nd when they shut out the Arizona Coyotes 3 to nothing. But other than that, shut out seven times on the season. When the Flyers went into that third period down 3 nothing, you pretty much knew that they were not going to be able to come back in this game. Here's their record when going into third periods trailing. They have a record of 234-4. and 121-2 on the road, 113-2 at home. Now, when they've gone into third periods with a lead, they're good. Just hasn't happened nearly enough. 14-1-3. and And a big problem has been second periods where they've been outscored by 29 goals. So you're going to go into a lot of third periods trailing a game. You know, the Flyers, they're only 9-7 and seven in one-goal games, which tells you that too often they've gone into third periods with multiple goal deficits. And that's what happens once again. Multiple goal deficits has been a huge issue for this team. And it doesn't speak to resiliency. It speaks to fragility. And a team gets scored on, gets down in the game. Resilient teams battle back. Your record's not going to be great when you're trailing hockey games going into the third period, but it's got to be better than two wins, 34 losses, and whatever it is for the Flyers. Now, I saw this tweet from Jordan Hall. Flyers gave up two power play goals to go down 2 nothing in the second period versus Winnipeg. And the Flyers are the only team in the NHL without a comeback win from two goals down through the entire season, now through 81 games. So that's you got to be able to come back sometimes. you got to be able to come back from multi-goal deficits, especially when you're down a couple goals early, as they were pretty much in this game. I mean, the second goal was scored 7-33 into the second period when Ehlers picked up that power play goal. So you got to get more resilient. you got to be able to not let a, a deficit or a small deficit, even a two-goal deficit, sink you in a hockey game, and that's been a problem. So the Flyers are going to – that's something – that they got to weed out of their game and remove. You know, getting better in first periods from years prior has been one of the things that happened this season. The problem is, is they've subbed first period problems for second period problems. And, you know, the third period numbers are even a little bit more sideways. Part of that actually is just because of the amount of empty net goals that they've given up. They've been very aggressive with pulling the goalie and pulling the goalie early. So, that's something that kind of tilts those numbers in the other direction. So they go down against Winnipeg. It's a final game of the season coming up on Friday against the Ottawa Senators at Wells Fargo Center tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Then we'll be into the NHL offseason. Players will have their exit interviews with the management staff on Saturday and then meet with the media and then uh, presumably kind of scatter as the players do at the end of a season. And then on Sunday, it looks like Chuck Fletcher and Mike Yo. Uh, we'll have a chance to address the media as well. So we'll start to get some info on that. So one of the things I wanted to look at in this episode is 
the traits of a winning hockey team. We talk about it all the time about roster building, about managing the salary cap in regards to roster building, and you know the elements that it takes to be a bona fide playoff team. Now, the Flyers back in Elaine Vigneault's first year in the 1920 season come out of that year prior where Dave Hextall was let go and then Scott Gordon finished as the interim, and they bounced back the next year to finish seventh in the NHL in goal scoring. 3.29 goals per game. That 19, it was a shortened season. They played 69 games, 3.29 goals per game, seventh highest in the league. Higher than teams like the Bruins, the Penguins, Minnesota, Vegas, St. Louis, Edmonton. More goals per game that season than those teams. So they're good in putting the puck in the net. And the margin here is you want to be a team that can put the puck in the net a decent amount, top 10 in the NHL, top 12. But you really want to be top 10, top 8 in teams' goals allowed per game is played. So the Flyers are 7th in scoring, but when it came to goals allowed per games played, and this is why they were a good team, and this is why you knew they were a legit team, 2.77, they gave up the 7th fewest goals per game in the NHL. They are actually tied with the Tampa Bay Lightning and Andre Vasilevsky. They, the only teams they were behind were Colorado, St. Louis, Arizona, oddly enough, Columbus Blue Jackets, Dallas Stars, and Boston Bruins. So they did a great job scoring, seventh in the league. They did a great job keeping the puck out of their net, seventh least amount of goals per game. And that was a big element of why that team was good. And then part of that, so much of the NHL, especially this season, was scoring up. The reason why scoring's up is because power plays are out of control and, you know, league-wide scoring is up. Hasn't been for the Flyers, but on the power play that season, Flyers were a good power play, not great, 14th in the NHL. Granted, this is a 31-team league that year, so it's middle of the pack. They converted at 20.8%. The penalty kill that season, another area that was much better than it is now. They were 11th in the league, killing it off at 81.8%. And the top penalty kill in the league that year was 85%. 0.7 San Jose, so you're basically less than four points off that. So you look at those special teams plays that were at worst 14th in the league, and the penalty kill was top 11, and then you look at goals for your top 10, seventh in the NHL, and goals allowed, seventh fewest in the NHL, and you've got yourself a good team. So this game is not complicated. Those are the areas you need to be good. I'd rather have a team for playoff success that is better at keeping the puck out of their net than necessarily putting it in the opposition that you can go, that probably doesn't make any sense. But because playoff hockey's tighter, so you want a team that's a little bit better defensively. I'd take a team that could score 12th, 13th ranked in the league, but is fifth in goals allowed to go on a playoff run deeper than a team that can sit there and fill it up during the regular season, but does have a hard time keeping it out of their own net. Um, so so that's how the Flyers kind of went from the Dave Hackstall, uh, Scott Gordon team to the team with Elaine Vigneault in year number one uh, that finished really strong, had a great season, ultimately went to the playoffs, won a round, and you know, things have just gone obviously backwards since then. And there's a litany, a long list of question marks that they'll have to deal with this offseason. So we'll see how that plays out. Now, one of the other things I wanted to mention real quick on this episode is I saw this tweet from Pierre Lebrun. And 
Pierre's a great follow. He's actually been on Flyers Daily with us here before. And he put out a poll on his Twitter page. And it says, at Pierre V. LeBrun, he said, Hockey fans, curious how you feel about this. Please answer my poll if you feel like it. Here's the question. Would you be in favor of the NHL eliminating the shootout and instead extending three-on-three OT by a few minutes? He didn't say how many minutes, but by a few, I guess he means five minutes. Go from five minutes, three-on-three, to ten minutes. So he got 42,477 votes at the time of taping of this podcast. He still had some time left. 82.9% of the people that responded, and obviously if they're following Pierre Lebrun, they're seeing this, they're hockey fans. 82.9%, so we'll call it 83%, said yes, bye-bye shootout. Only 17% said no, keep it as is. Now, I voted yes, bye-bye shootout. I couldn't press the button fast enough. And it's not because the Flyers, since the shootout has come in, have the worst record in the shootout of any team in the NHL. It's just because I don't believe it's hockey. It's an exhibition. It's not hockey. I don't even love the three-on-three, to be honest with you. But I get the desire to not have games end in a tie. And if it's five-on-five, it's easier to clog up the ice and get to a tie than it is lose a game. But I would be totally in favor of getting rid of the shootout. And I would much rather play three-on-three overtime uh, for 10 minutes, then just five, and then go to the shootout. And the league also needs to figure out a way, even if they don't get rid of the shootout, but in the five-on-five, they got to figure out a way to penalize a team that continually pulls the puck out of the offensive zone to reset. It's almost like if you get into the offensive zone, if you pull it out willingly, it's not forced out of the zone, then the other team gets the puck down below the goal line. I don't, I don't know what the answer is. Or maybe there's some sort of shot clock. This is getting all campy all of a sudden, and I don't want to cheapen the game any further. But that element of it makes the three-on-three and the spirit of the three-on-three really not what it was intended for. You want that up-and-down action. You want that high-flying skill rush game back and forth. And too often we see with the way three-on-three is played now, it's basically what's happened is coaches have screwed it up. They know it's a possession game. They know you can get the other team tired on the ice. You can change while you have possession because it's a long change as well because they switch ends. It's like the second period. So I don't know, I don't know how to fix it. All I do know is I'd, I would love to get the shootout out of the game. That would be something that I would be heavily in favor of. I'm not sure how the league feels about it. I'm not sure if this has been discussed by the GMs and the competition committee, but it is something that I'd love to see. You know, the shootout, once in a while you see some great goals from, you know, great highly skilled players like Barkov, who's a magician. Obviously, TJ Oshie's another guy. And if you're going to keep it too, like you can revamp it at this point. It's been long enough where you can go, okay, let's revamp it. Why not just let one player on each team take the whatever the coach wants, whoever wants to take the shots, still do it in the same format of three opportunities and then sudden death shootout, basically. But if a coach wants to go TJ Oshi, TJ Oshi, TJ Oshi, let them. Why are we putting guys out there that aren't necessarily good at that? So I'd be in favor of just if a team wants to use one guy, go for it. If he wants to use three guys, go for that. If he wants to use one guy for the first two and he goes, hey, he doesn't have it today, and go to a third guy. 
No problem there either. Just find a way to, to kind of brushing it up, freshen it up in some way. Because to me, it's tired. I didn't like it right away. And t- at this point, I think it's really tired, and I'd be all for a change. But anyway, that's enough of me on my soapbox. Flyers will be back at it tomorrow to take on the Ottawa Senators. We'll preview that game for you on a brand-new Flyers Daily coming up tomorrow on a Friday edition. So, everybody, enjoy your Thursday. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand-new Flyers Daily.